The following is a recorded program of a live show. Please do not call in, but feel free to send messages on our WhatsApp line at 876-283-9533. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May the peace and blessings of God be unto you. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica with your usual program to answering your questions, concerns, and all that you need to know about the religion of Islam. I am your host, Imam Ibrahim Fawson. This program is sponsored by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica. And for the sake of the new listeners, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is one of the over 70 denominations in Islam which believes in the advent of the promised Messiah and the reformer of the age in the person of His Holiness Mirza Ghulam Ahmed may peace be unto him. The Ahmadiyya Muslim community is spread across over 200 countries and is a peace-loving religious community which rejects any form of violence against God's creation. Our motto has always been love for all and hatred for none. In the course of this program, if you have any comment, concern, or question, please send us a message via WhatsApp, and the number is 876-283-9533. Today on the program, we are taking a look at the story of creation and the Islamic perspective, particularly with reference to the story of Adam and Eve. We have heard a lot about how the Holy Bible um, presents the story of creation, and um, we would want to have listeners enjoy some taste of what Islam presents, an alternative. And um, for those who might be aware, the story of creation, particularly today, as I said, our point is going to center on Adam and Eve, the life they spent in the Garden of Eden, and uh, the commandment they were given not to eat a certain fruit, as the Bible states, and their failure to eat the fruit, resulting in them becoming sinful. And then the Bible goes on to say, that from that sin, the subsequent creation that emanated from Adam and Eve also became automatically sinful. Does the Holy Quran support such claims? If not, then what does the Holy Quran present? So in the course of the program, I will be joined by Imam Tariq Azim, president and missionary in charge of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, who would help me take a look at what the Holy Quran says about the story of creation, particularly, as I said, with reference to Adam and Eve. Was Adam the first person God ever created? But then it is also important to know that the authenticity of this story as presented in the Bible has a lot to do with the fate of the followers of that scripture. The story of creation as narrated by the Bible has left many people faithless. 
and most of them have disbelieved in religion completely and also others disbelieving in the existence of God because there are certain questions that cannot be answered or things that don't fall in the right place when you follow the story of creation. And it is important that just in the beginning of the Bible, the narration that is given should have presented something of, you know, fact that would draw a reader to delve deeper into studying the Bible. When we read from Genesis chapter number two, verse 15, we have what is said that, and the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded man saying, of every tree of the garden thou may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge and good and evil thou shalt not eat. Fast forward. When we come to verse number 21 of chapter number two of the book of Genesis, it says, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God took, he created a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now born of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. When we go to chapter number three of the same book, Genesis, it says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Ye have God said, Ye shall not eat every tree of the garden. Verse 2 of chapter number 3. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, We should not eat. So going, you know, step by step, what the Bible tells us is that the snake or the serpent deceived the woman and the woman ate the fruit. And after tasting it, she also presented the fruit to Adam and Adam also ate. And when you come to um, verse number nine, after they had eaten the fruit, the Lord God called unto Adam and said, where are thou? That is, where are you? And here too, there is, I mean, it is, it is, it is very, a little bit funny that God did not, apparently did not know where Adam was. And, and he said, that is Adam, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And God asked, have you eaten the tree that I asked you not to eat? Then in chapter number three, verse 14, God outlines certain punishments, and this is going to be key to our discussion today. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou 
at caves above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shall thou go, and dust shall thou eat all the days of thy life. And now on to the woman in verse number 16, God said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, who shall rule over thee. And now to the man. So apparently God has given punishment to the snake, punishment to the woman, and also punishment to the man. And to the man, God said, because thou hast hickened, that is that you have listened to the voice of your wife and you have eaten the forbidden tree which I commanded you not to eat. Curse is the ground for thy sick. In sorrow shall thou eat of it all the days of thy life. So these are some of the punishments um, from Genesis chapter 3 verse 14 to 16 and 17 where God is reported to have given uh, to Adam and Eve and also the snake for having eaten such fruit. If the beginning of the Bible has some of these narrations, which cannot be matched with science, and you know the subsequent um, you know verses even get more confusing, it is a little bit obvious why most people today have um, you know lost faith in god completely and um without taking much of your time uh, my listeners as i said i have imam Tariq azim who is going to explain certain aspects of um, the story of creation the islamic perspective particularly with regards to adam and eve so imam Tariq, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah and welcome to our program today Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May peace and blessings of God be upon you and the listeners. Thank you very much, Imam Tariq. And um, today's topic, we are looking at the story of creation. How, I mean, we are not going to delve too much deep into how the universe was created and other things. But then we are concentrating on the... Um, incident that happened that is said to have happened in the Garden of Eden uh, with regards to Adam and Eve and also subsequent uh, punishment that were given. These are some of the questions we meet almost all the time people try to ask and apparently most of our listeners who might have Christian background have contacted some of their you know priests and pastors on some of these um, questions but then they are left um, helpless because they were not given satisfactory answer. If I should ask you to take us to uh, the Holy Quran, what does the Holy Quran say about the story of creation, particularly referring to Adam and Eve? Yes, absolutely. Um, Holy Quran gives the story of Prophet Adam and Eve. Uh, you know, it is mentioned at several different places in the Holy Quran. As a matter of fact, the second chapter of the Holy Quran very early in the beginning uh, also talks about uh, about the creation uh, in the sense of Prophet Adam and Eve. Uh, however, we do not refer to this story as the story of creation as our uh, Christian speakers usually do because uh, according to the Christian belief, 
uh, the life on this earth and the earth itself, the universe itself began uh, from that point where that you referred to the story in the beginning or the verses from Genesis in the beginning of our episode today. So as I mentioned, the Holy Quran does refer to the story of Adam and Eve in the Holy Quran in several places, but we do not believe this to be the creation of universe or how the universe started. As Ahmadi Muslim, Ahmadiyya Muslim community, the program here, which is uh, you know uh, a program sponsored by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, we believe um, in the scientific truths and we find them supported in the Holy Quran. For example, the concept or the theory, the, which is referred to as the Big Bang Theory, that how the universe came into existence, it is supported by the Holy Quran. So it is something that, um, you know, uh, the Holy Quran does, it's not something that goes against the teachings that were given by the Holy Quran 1400 years ago, rather it aligns with it perfectly. I will get into that uh, later, uh, you know, if there's an opportunity in our program. Sure. Beside this, we also look at uh, the concept of uh, evolution. As Muslims, we believe in divinely controlled or guided evolution. It is supported by the Holy Quran. And again, I mean, I will, uh, if we have time, we will, uh, we will discuss it later. But the, so the story of creation uh, or the story of Adam and Eve, which is mentioned in the Holy Quran, we do not believe it. Uh, to be the story of start of humanity or start of mankind or uh, start of the universe in this, uh, you know, here. We believe this story to be a start of a religious life for the humans. We believe Prophet Adam to be the first prophet of God Almighty who, who brought guidance from God Almighty, who was given, revealed guidance from God Almighty and he taught mankind around him uh, at the time that he was there. So he was the first prophet, according to our belief. As far as the story of creation is mentioned in the Bible, um, I understand, and as Ahmadi Muslims, most of us understand it to be a metaphorical story. Unfortunately, people have taken it literally. And this is what the real problem is, that if you take things literally, now when you're taking them literally, none of those things uh, you know, align with the scientific truths that we know. There are theories out there, there are truths out there. We, we know that the story that is presented in the Bible, if we take it literally, it does not align with, the, uh, with what we know about the universe today. So just, you know, just a reading, just a reading of, uh, of the Bible tells us that there are so many parables mentioned in the, in the Bible. There are so many metaphors given in the Bible. And Holy Quran is no exception. There's many stories, many parables, and as well as metaphors. And they need to be looked into. They need to be studied into that what do they, uh, what do they mean? What do they highlight? I, I, I mean, I cannot go into length at this, time, at this time because it might confuse some of our listeners. But I've, I've picked out two particular references from this story of uh, uh, Adam and Eve from the Holy Quran. Holy Quran uses the word Satan for the being that incited Adam and Eve to, to eat the fruit. The Holy Quran tells us that upon a true righteous and a good person, uh, the evil spirit or the Satan himself, the, the evil being, has no control, no power over them, meaning he cannot incite them or beguile them. Okay. So here in this case, we understand from the Holy Quran that the name for that spirit, that evil being, is Iblis. Iblis. Okay. That name has not been used here, but the word Satan has been used. 
And in Islamic terminology, the word Satan is used for anything harmful. In chapter 2, verse 15 of the Holy Quran, for mischievous enemies, mischievous people, the word Satan has been used. In the sayings of the Prophet Muhammad, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, a thief who used to rob one of the companions again and again was referred to as, as Satan. Then even a street dog that used to harm people in the time of the Prophet was referred to as Satan by the Prophet. In another narration, Prophet peace be upon him said that whenever you leave your food, make sure you cover it with something because Satan will enter it. That so is gems, gems and bacteria. Gems, bacteria or even insects. So anything that can be harmful, a person or some, even something like something like germs, for example, can be referred to as Satan. So here, what we understand in this story of Adam and Eve is that when we say uh, Satan incited, it means somebody from, uh, from his community, somebody from his people incited him to do something wrong, something that God had forbidden. This is what our understanding is of that uh, phrase uh, when you say Satan incited them. It is not that evil being or evil spirit uh, that, uh, that incites us to commit evil, commit sin, because that is, uh, as I mentioned already, that according to the Holy Quran, Iblis or the spiritual, or the, I should say the evil spirit or the evil power has no control over righteous people. Then again, uh, in the Bible, as well as in the Holy Quran, we read the word tree. Yeah. And um, we see that the word tree is often used to refer to families, to a, you know, a large family. For example, we hear the word family tree. We use that word one because it branches out and the tree word is sometimes synonymous with the word uh, family in some places. So based on that, we understand that this instruction was given to Prophet Adam, peace be upon him, and Eve to stay away from a particular group or a particular family because of uh, their behavior, because of their activities, because of their nature to quarrel or to fight or to argue. So Prophet Adam was given this instruction to stay away from this particular group. But because of the incitement by one of the people in his community, he interacted with that group and that led to quarreling and violence. So, and, and later, Prophet Adam, peace be upon him, realized his mistake that, oh, God had actually, not, had actually asked me not to do this and I have done that. So he went out and sought forgiveness from Allah the Almighty. And those prayers are written uh, in the Holy Quran as well. And, uh, you know, Allah accepted uh, the, the prayers and Allah the Almighty said that now migrate from here. It is mentioned in the Holy Quran, Ihbita minha jamian, that all of you, both of you should migrate from here. Move away from here because of the situation that has been created here. So we believe that Prophet uh, Adam and his wife Eve, they lived um, in, you know, in Eden, which is a place somewhere on this earth and they had to migrate because they had committed a mistake which God Almighty had uh, told them not to commit or not to go towards. So we do not believe uh, it to be a literal tree or we do not believe that uh, the, the spirit, Satan or Iblis, as we refer to him in the Holy Quran, incited or uh, misled them. But one of the people from his own surroundings misled and uh, you know, took them away. So we have to understand these stories, these parables from the Holy Quran as well as the Bible uh, in metaphorical sense, we have to try and understand them, interpret them 
uh, within the with the knowledge that we have uh, we've been given in other parts of the holy quran and and of course the bible as well in this case so this is what is important and if our uh, brothers and sisters of christian faith understand it in this slide rather than taking these words literally um, you know uh, they would find that there is so much more to it than what they believe and uh, the contradictions that we find in the bible uh, we would be able to uh, resolve them or understand them better as as uh, as i tried to explain from the holy quran thank you very much so if i i, I got you correctly what you said is that the story of adam and eve is also um that's also exist in the holy quran and the difference is that the holy quran does not uh connote the story of adam and eve as the first creation but then you described him as the first prophet god uh, raised to bring his guidance to mankind and also yes. also you you describe the the tree which the bible presents as certain tree that we were not supposed to eat you said there are a lot of parables and you know metaphorical um statements in both the bible and also in the quran so the tree is not an actual existing plant but then it, it it might refer to some kind of a situation or some people who were mischievous and god had warned adam to keep away from them there are some people who might even think that um the garden of eden uh, probably might be in in space or in the skies but then from what you said it appears that the garden of eden is also right here on earth correct yes, the, yes this is the idea that is the, you know supported by the holy quran sure. as well as i mean again we have to understand the story of the bible the story mentioned in the bible in metaphorical sense the metaphors that have been mentioned we have to think about them and when we realize uh, what they actually mean we realize that adam and eve lived on this very earth and uh, as you mentioned the tree referred to a group of people there is a controversy a huge controversy as to whether adam and eve were the first creation as the bible um depicts and um if they are supposed to be the first ever creation then it presents with a lot of confusion and um uncertainty particularly for the bible what does the holy quran say is adam i mean adam and eve were they the first creation adam and eve um, were not the first humans to be on this earth particularly this and adam this adam adam and eve that i mean the story you know goes around yes the story that is mentioned in the holy quran as well as in the bible there uh, he is the first prophet and eve is the wife of that prophet uh, prophet adam peace be upon him if we take them to be the first human beings first humans on this earth see then um we have to see if for a christian this problem arises that either he believes in science or he believes in the bible but if he believes in the science that uh, you know the humans have existed for uh, more than 100000 years maybe a million year or uh, and the life has existed for billions of years or um you know this universe has existed for billions of years all these things uh, if we believe science to be true then we have to disregard all these verses of the bible because they are saying something else or if you hold fast to this belief that yes the universe was created only 6000 years ago and adam and eve were uh, first uh, first humans then all what the scientific research has proven you're 
neglecting that, disregarding that. So this is the problem that when, when many of the Christians, they have researched and they have understood the things, uh, they have gone away from Christianity, you know, completely left their religion because it doesn't make any sense, doesn't align with what their research states. So Islam, on the other hand, does not call Adam and Eve to be the first creation. Adam and Eve, as I mentioned already, they are depicted as, uh, uh, Adam is the prophet, Adam is depicted as, a, as the first prophet. I will, in the Holy Quran, it is mentioned in chapter 2, verse 31, that it is, uh, the verse states, Allah has said, and when your Lord said to the angels, I am about to place a successor in the earth, they said, will you place therein such as will cause disorder in it and shed blood? We glorify you with your praise and extol you, extol your holiness. He answered, I know what you know not. So here God uh, says that I'm about to place a successor, a, a vicegerent in the earth, which is a successor means that there were people already living in this earth and Prophet Adam was a successor to those people. In light of this verse, as well as other verses of the Holy Quran, we understand that the, uh, you know, humanity existed even before Prophet Adam. But for whatever reason, whatever, you know, this, our universe, our world has gone through different cycles of creation. And for whatever reason, the people at that time were wiped out, not all of them, but a large majority of them. And so Prophet Adam, again, I do not say that he was the only one left or Prophet Adam and Eve were the only ones left, but there were very few people left. And Prophet Adam was the progenitor of the present human race. Okay. For this reason, at God and, you know, God Almighty started this present civilization from him. And that's why he is uh, he's, he's referred to in the Holy Quran. And again, there, uh, there, this is a very, I, I should say, complicated um, story or situation to understand because we do not believe that Prophet Adam was the first human being. Humans have existed way before that, but 6,000 or so years ago, humans had evolved to a, such a degree, to such a mental capacity that revelation could be sent upon them. They could be, you know, uh, guided by God Almighty and they were ready to receive that revelation. So for this reason, God Almighty uh, starts the story from Prophet Adam because he was, uh, again, the first human uh, through whom the, 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 you know, the concept of spiritual uh, evolution for mankind started to begin because they were mentally prepared, mentally ready to receive that revelation. So what, what you have said as to whether Adam and Eve were the first creation, what you are saying is that the world has existed or the world existed billions of years before this, our Adam. And you also said that um, the world has passed through different cycles of creation and civilizations. And the current Adam that we are talking about, who has, I mean, who had two sons, Cain and Abel, and then Cain killing Abel, they might have existed about 6,000 years you know, ago. And that does not match with science to say that the creation of the heaven and earth had only existed for 6,000 years ago. And um, in essence, from what I also understood from your uh, narration, is that there might have been many, many, many such Adams. But then our current one um, is the one that we are talking about who lived just about 6,000 years ago. 
Yes, that is that is correct what you have stated. And as a matter of fact, I'll just I will just give one reference from the from the Bible as well. Yeah. Yeah. To make people understand that even uh, you know the either what the Bible is saying it contradicts itself, or the story of the creation must be taken metaphorically, because we see that uh, after Cain kills Abel, he goes away and migrates from that town. You know wherever Adam and Eve were living, he migrates from there, goes to another place, and he gets married over there. He gets married over there. This is mentioned in Genesis chapter 4 verses 16 and 17. So him getting married to another, to a woman, this shows us that there were people living in other parts of the you know, land as well already at that time. So yes. this is a very clear indication. Just one small verse proves this fact that uh, Adam and Eve were not the first people. There were people already living there. Adam was the first prophet and uh, through him the spiritual uh, teachings started to be revealed uh, by God Almighty. And it is quite interesting you brought this up because um, this has been um, one of the answers sometimes I use to uh, explain some of these uh, issues. A lot of Christians that have I have met and, you know, would ask questions about this Adam and Eve thing. They would want to know if Adam and Eve were the first creation. We understand from the Bible that Adam and Eve had two sons, Cain and Abel, and then Cain killed Abel. It is somehow later on that the Bible again said they had another son called Seth. But this happened far, you know, after um, the Cain and Abel situation. And Cain is said, from the verse, you gave verse number 16 and 17 of chapter 4 of Genesis. And it says that, and Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod, on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived, and bore him Enoch. And he built a city, and called the name of the city after his son Enoch. So the question that people always ask is that if Adam and Eve were the first creation, where did Cain get that woman to marry? Because there is no mention in the Bible that Adam and Eve had a daughter. And even if they had a daughter, that is going to, you know, open a very, um, you know, disgraceful and shameful topic that we cannot even discuss, I mean, even in the, in the list, that um, projecting that Cain might have married his sister. That would also give people that kind of audacity to enter into the realm of that, you know, absurdity. So this is quite important that, um, as you said, Genesis chapter 4, verse 16 and 17, Cain went out after he killed his brother Abel and got married. Now the question is, who did he marry from? And it says that there were some people that he also married from. Thank you very much, um, Imam Tariq. And if you have just joined us, you are listening to the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. And today we are talking about the story of creation as the Bible depicts. And we are looking at the Islamic uh, perspective about the same story that revolves around Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And in case you have any question or concern, please do so. Contact us via WhatsApp and the number is 876-283-9533.
Imam Tariq, uh, there is another important question people always ask whenever, I mean, they talk about this story of creation as presented by the Bible. Today, as I said, we are looking at the Islamic, you know, point of view on the same topic. And from what you have already said, you say the Holy Quran and Islam does not see Adam and Eve as the first creation. This Adam and Eve that had Cain and Abel. The Quran does not treat them as the first creation, but the people live before them. And this Adam was the only first prophet that God sent to mankind to give us guidance. The question people would want answers for is that from the story as the Bible narrates, the universe might have existed only 6,000 years. That is from Adam. But then scientists tell us that the world has existed billions of years ago. What does Islam say about this? And I believe you, you, you gave some, you know, a slight answer to that. Can you take us through what Islam says about um, the possibility of life existing before Adam and Eve? Uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, first, uh, again, I will just refer to the Bible. Bible mentions right in the beginning uh, in, in Genesis that how the universe was created in six days. And according to our understanding, this is, you know, people have taken it literally, and this is a big mistake. Because, you know, if, first of all, when the universe was still being created, there, were, there was no sunrise and sunset, which defines the, you know, a completion of a day. When none of these things existed, saying, taking days literally means, means nothing. And that's one of the problems that people have taken it literally without understanding that before the universe was created or while it was being created, the days were not the way they are today. So again, because of taking it literally, people have uh, you know, uh, created an idea, created a, a concept uh, that based on our 24-hour period, the world was created in six days. And now because of such belief, what has happened is, as I mentioned earlier too, uh, because of such beliefs or theories, uh, people have, uh, you know, found that the Bible does not have any logic, logical or scientific reasoning because it doesn't uh, make sense. It doesn't align with the known uh, facts that we that we know now. So for that reason, many people have turned away from the religion, and more and more are finding uh, that you know they cannot stay connected with the story presented in the Bible. Not just in this case, several other places as well, but particularly this one, that it just, uh, you know. Uh, disregards all other scientific all scientific research on this particular topic yeah islam on the other hand presents a very logical understanding okay which also makes sense when we look at it from scientific perspectives just to understand that how the universe came into existence allah the almighty says in chapter 21 verse 31 do not the disbelievers see that the heavens and the earth were a closed up mass then we opened them out and we made from water every living thing will they not then believe so yeah. in this verse we see that god almighty has mentioned uh, two things explained two things here first god has explained that how the universe came into existence existence and then god went on to explain how life came into existence on this universe you know, and uh, God explained that water is essential to, uh, for, you know, for the life to begin. 
And uh, this is not the only verse in the Holy Quran that talks about how life came into existence in, uh, on this earth. There are actually several other verses which talk about some other details as well that were necessary for the creation of life here. So again, as I mentioned, that uh, the Holy Quran's understanding is such that um, makes us research more, study more. And the more we study, more we research from scientific and all these other aspects, we see from the Holy Quran that whatever the Holy Quran says, uh, and may it be in regards to evolution, may it be in regards to the you know, formation or creation of life or many other scientific realities. Once we take the Holy Quran's statements and we research onto them using our scientific methods, we, will we always come to this conclusion that the Holy Quran is the truth. And okay. our belief in the Holy Quran, our faith in the Holy Quran and the word of God Almighty is strengthened more than before. However, unfortunately, this is not the case with the Bible because whenever we read more, we see that um, uh, in a lot of places there are contradictions and uh, you know, accepted scientific truths. They are being challenged by the Bible in the sense that they, a complete opposite is written in the Bible in comparison to whatever uh, research has concluded. As far as, you know, then we look at the concept of evolution. Sure. Uh, the Holy Quran tells us that humans were not just created and uh, put in the earth by God Almighty as, as it has been explained in the, in, the, in, in the Bible. Allah the Almighty says in chapter 71, verse 15 of the Holy Quran, and he has created you in different forms and different conditions. This verse, and there are some other verses as well that explain that God Almighty created mankind past mankind through several different forms, several different conditions. And then humans reached where they are today. And we believe that this evolution was not spontaneous or random. Rather, it was divinely controlled evolution by God Almighty so that mankind could reach that point where they could exhibit the, the qualities or the attributes of God Almighty into themselves. And uh, as well as they could uh, follow the spiritual guidelines given by God Almighty so that they could flourish and become spiritual human beings or meaning, you know, they could excel in spirituality. So this process of evolution, God Almighty passed us through this process of evolution so that we could be prepared to uh, follow the guidelines and the guidance that God Almighty desired for us to follow. The, going back to what I mentioned in the beginning of this, uh, uh, this answer, that Bible refers that the world or the universe was created in six days. The Holy Quran in places has also, um, you know, referred to this. For example, in one place, God says, That he it is who created the heavens and the earth in six days or six periods. Sittati ayyamin literally translates to six uh, days. Yeah. But in the Holy Quran, in other places, God Almighty has explained that you do not know the length of a day, what it is in the sight of Allah the Almighty. And in some places in the Holy Quran, God Almighty has said that a day is, is a thousand years according to what you understand. And in another place, God Almighty has said 50,000 years according to what you understand. So this gives an indication that uh, a day, when the Holy Quran says a day, or the Bible says a day, it, me it means a long period, a very lengthy period, an era, 
or something uh, is referred here. So God Almighty tells us that the universe was created in six stages. The creation of the universe went through six stages. And I will not go into the detail, yeah. but in another chapter of the Holy Quran where God Almighty explains, uh, another chapter of the Holy Quran where God Almighty explains that how a child is born, even six stages are mentioned there as well. So the concept that six days or six stages, it is generally that everything goes through six stages before it reaching its final stage. Again, I'm not going into details of that, but if someone is interested, I can definitely share some quotations and passages uh, from Islamic literature to explain this concept. I believe, I believe um, if I allowed you, you would um, you know, take us through because there are a lot, a lot to share um, as to whether the universe existed you know, prior to the current Adam's uh, dispensation. But then there is a lot you know, other questions that also come whenever the topic of Adam and Eve are discussed. One such, you know, um, question is the um, the suggestion by the Bible that human beings were born with inherited sin from Adam and Eve, um, basically referring to what happened in the Garden of Eden uh, in connection with the fruit. That or the tree that they were not supposed to eat. After they ate, they became sinful. And even those of us who have no idea the color of that tree are also, according to the Bible, being held to be sinful. Does the Quran support such a concept? No, Islam uh, and our scripture, Holy Quran, does not support this concept of inherited sin, that humans are born with inherited sin because of what uh, Prophet Adam and Eve uh, had done in the Garden of Eden. Allah the Almighty says in the Holy Quran, and I quote, La yukallifu Allahu nafsan illa wus'aha, laha ma kasabat wa alayha ma tasabat. This is chapter 2, verse 187, and Allah says, Allah burdens not any soul beyond its capacity, it shall have the reward it earns, and it shall get the punishment it incurs. So each soul is responsible for what it does. In another place of the Holy Quran, that is chapter 35, verse 19, God Almighty says, La taziru ukhra, that, And no burdened soul can bear the burden of another. So basically, according to Islam, each soul, each person is responsible for what he or she does. Nobody else can be punished. So if Prophet Adam and Eve, if we believe that they had committed sin, and that they were not forgiven by God Almighty, or they had committed a mistake and they were not forgiven by God Almighty. Even if we believe that to be true, God Almighty has already said that for them is what they did, and for you is what you do. So we will not be burdened just because our forefathers had made some, you know, uh, had committed a sin or something like that. And rather, I mean, I should say that Islam is not the only religion to uh, reject this concept of inherited sin. Rather, Bible itself rejects the concept of inherited sin. Inheritance of sin, uh, this concept actually came, it seems like, uh, into Christianity, or with the start of Christianity, somehow it, uh, the idea came in. Otherwise, the Old Testament completely rejects the idea of uh, you know, inheriting sin from 
Prophet Adam and Eve, if again we believe that to be a sin. Uh, I will just give one, uh, or I, I can give two references here because they're uh, from the same chapter uh, of the Bible. From the book of Ezekiel, uh, chapter 18. This is Ezekiel, chapter 18. Yeah. There is this uh, proverb that has been referred here. It states that the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. It is finishes with a question mark that how can this be true? Meaning this is a famous uh, proverb in the, in the people of, among the people of Israel that yeah. how is it possible that the father commits a sin and then his, his you know, uh, children are punished for that. So again, uh, Prophet Adam, if, had he, uh, if he had committed the sin, then why are the children being punished for his sin? In the same chapter, Ezekiel 18, verse 20, it is mentioned the one who sins is the one who will die. The child will not share the guilt of the parent, nor will the parent share the guilt of the child. The righteousness of the righteous will be credited to them, and the wickedness of the wicked will be charged against them. So this is again the very same concept mentioned in the Holy Quran, that uh, no burdened soul can bear the burden of another. And, you know, uh, the concept of inheritance of sin is completely uh, uh, wrong in this sense because as this uh, goes against what is mentioned in other places in the Bible and then in, in the Holy Quran as well. And again, from that, uh, you know, this idea, this, these verses that I've presented from the Old Testament, they also reject and refute the idea that uh, Jesus, Prophet Jesus, peace be upon him, could have died for the sins of humanity, for the sins of people. Because according to the Bible, no person, no person, you know, can be punished for the sin of another person. And that is not um, even if, if we look at our current, you know, world, um, the laws that human beings have established, even with the limitation of intelligence as human beings, it is not possible to accept the fact that a person commits a sin and then his children are punished for it or a person, you know, commits murder and runs away and then the police comes after the mother or the father and imprison him or her because your son committed a sin. That would be seen as the height of injustice. And I don't think we should expect such, you know, an injustice to be from God that Adam and Eve ate a fruit or a tree, which we have no idea about, but then we are also held accountable for their sin. Islam says, indicates that children are born sinless. Children are born without any sin. And in Islam, people begin to be recorded uh, of their deeds after the age around seven years when they have the knowledge of good and, I mean, bad. It is then that people, you know, children begin to have their records open uh, to be recorded for whatever good they do and also whatever um, bad they do. Until that age, children are assumed to be innocent of sin and they are treated as such. Um, there, there are a lot of, lot of questions people ask, and I believe um, in subsequent programs we would have time to attend to some of them. The last question I would want you to you know, answer, which also comes from the same topic, um, Adam and Eve and the, you know, the story of creation as presented by the Bible, is salvation. 
what we learn from the story and also from Christians is that based on the, uh, the tree Adam and Eve ate, sin became inherent and also inherited through our genes, almost like in our DNA. So we all became sinful. And the only way we could have, you know, um, removed that sin was for Jesus Christ to come and die for our sins. Is salvation possible without the blood of Jesus Christ? Salvation is absolutely possible without the blood of Jesus, without the crucifixion of Jesus, according to the Holy Quran, and as well as according to the Bible, as a matter of fact. I will first present a verse from the Holy Quran, chapter 39, yeah. verse 54. Allah says, Say, O my servants who have committed excesses against their own souls, despair not of the mercy of Allah. Surely Allah forgives all sins. Verily, He is most forgiving, merciful. So the Holy Quran believes in forgiveness. As Muslims, we believe that if we seek forgiveness, if we repent with a sincere heart, God Almighty is forgiving and He does forgive. That is essential to salvation. Forgiveness of God Almighty is needed. Grace of God Almighty is needed. Blood of Jesus Christ or any other human being or any other personage is not needed whatsoever. And, you know, um, if we actually look at the fact that uh, people attempted to crucify Jesus, and if we believe that Jesus, peace be upon him, died on the cross, in our last episode, if our, you know, those of our listeners that have heard our last episode, they would know that uh, it was discussed and proven that Jesus did not die on the cross. So, but even if we believe that to be true, we see that his dying on the cross yielded no result, no change in the, in the way the people are living today. You know, right in the beginning of our episode today, you mentioned that because of what Prophet Adam and Eve had done, God Almighty, according to the Bible, stipulated certain punishments. Punishment for the serpent, that he would, you know, have to walk upon the earth, uh, walk on the earth upon his belly. And then Eve she would have to bear uh, the pain for, of childbearing. And Adam would have to work and would have to strive and earn his bread and several other things were mentioned. I, I very humbly, very, you know, ask <laughs> this question to my Christian brothers and sisters that if Prophet Jesus, peace be upon him, died so that the inherited sin could be removed, or if we are forgiven, or if you are forgiven because of having this belief, then why do you still have to go to work and make a living? Why uh, the women still have to go through and bear the pain of uh, childbearing or, uh, you know, the labor pain? Yeah. And similarly, why are the serpents, why are the snakes still uh, crawling or, you know, moving along the earth on, upon their belly? Why has, haven't they gone back to their previous Walking on their feet, yeah. Walking on their feet, whatever their previous home was. So the, all these things, if we, if we look at it from this perspective, uh, salvation um, is certainly possible without the blood of Jesus. Rather, blood of Jesus, if we do believe that he died on the cross, has made no difference, has yielded no result whatsoever, either for a Christian or for a Muslim or for any other human being. So again, I mean, if, if someone has not heard our last episode where we discussed the topic uh, of death of Jesus, that did he really die on the cross or not? Uh, that episode is available online on our podcast, voiceofislamjamaica.com. I encourage you to please go and listen to that. 
but going back to this uh, to the topic at hand the question at hand uh, you know even before jesus peace be upon him was born we see that there were other people that were righteous bible mentions several different prophets before prophet jesus peace be upon him came upon this earth and they did not they did not require any blood to be righteous or to be saved exactly i mean do we believe that they were not righteous people or that they were all sinners and god forbid doing wrong things or you know um before until jesus peace be upon him came and uh, and died for their sins as well if that is the case then why should have anyone followed those people because they were sinners they were uh, you know god forbid uh, not forgiven by god almighty they were not righteous why would anybody believe in non unrighteous people so again i mean this is a question to can you to share some can you share some reference i mean reference uh, which regards absolutely to that, that i mean just I, i will share some references which mentions of uh, which mention uh, righteous people existing before the time of prophet jesus peace be upon him we read about melchizedek in hebrew chapter 7 verses 1 and 2 and i quote it says for this melchizedek king of salem priest of the most high god who met abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him to whom also abraham gave a tenth part of all first being by interpretation king of righteousness and after that also king of salem which is king of peace so here melchizedek a personality from uh, you know from the time of prophet abraham as it is referred here he was king of righteousness king of righteousness his righteousness was at the at a point at a level that he is referred to as king of righteousness and then also king of peace so he existed before the time of prophet prophet jesus peace be upon him before the the crucifixion attempt of prophet jesus peace, peace be upon him and he was a righteous human being so even if you know if uh, he was also he he had inherited the sin just like other people <laughs> then um how could he be righteous let's take another example let's look at the parents of john john the baptist yeah it is mentioned in in the gospel of luke uh, chapter 1 verses 5 and 6 it is mentioned there was in the days of herod the king of judea a certain priest named zacharias of the course of abia and his wife was the daughters of aaron and her name was elizabeth and they were both righteous before god walking in all the commandment all the commandments and ordinances of the lord blameless so here again we find other examples these two people right before the time of prophet jesus peace be upon him way before he was crucified it is mentioned that they were righteous they walked in all the commandments of god almighty so uh, this concept that salvation is not possible without the crucifixion of jesus is a concocted belief it is not something uh, which was given by prophet jesus peace be upon him himself jesus peace be upon him never gave this idea never gave this concept and the bible from beginning old testament particularly and even in new testament you find several references that prove this fact that uh, the crucifixion or the blood of jesus is not a requirement rather it is a it is a belief that goes against several other verses of the holy quran and several other verses of the bible as i already mentioned ezekiel 1820 the one who sins is the one who will die 
the child will not share the guilt of the parent, nor, the, nor will the parent share the guilt of the child. So it is absolutely not possible that Jesus, peace be upon him, would die and then the people would be forgiven. And um, interestingly, you have mentioned too, but then of course, if um, I allowed, then you are going, you, I believe you would have um, over thousands of examples from the Bible itself indicating people who lived righteous lives before even the birth of Jesus Christ. And another interesting, even one which is interesting and also funny, is the mother of Jesus Christ himself. I mean, the Holy Virgin Mary, who lived a righteous life even before Jesus Christ was born. So sometimes it is very funny how people try to tie um, salvation and righteousness to the blood of Jesus Christ, while his own mother lived a righteous life even before um, he was born. So if anybody just joined us, you are listening to the Ahmadiyya Muslim community with um, a program to answering your questions and also concerns. And if you joined us, you have uh, not missed much though we are bringing the program to a close, but then after a day or two, this program is going to be available on our podcast, voiceofislamjamaica.com, and you can listen to everything. Today we spoke about the story of creation, the Islamic perspective, and we looked at Adam and Eve, what happened in the Garden of Eden as the Bible states. Does Islam support I mean, all those things that are said to have happened in the Garden of Eden, Imam Tariq Azim took us through a lot of them. Imam Tariq, I, w- I would say a very big thank you for your time on today's program and also to my dear listeners for joining us today. And until we come your way next time with another interesting episode from the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, stay safe and may the good Lord bless and protect each one of you our motto has always been love for all and hatred for none and assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh